Welcome to Opening the Door Podcast. Join me as we unlock the door to our psychic and mediumship abilities. Today you'll hear a conversation I have with Christiana. We talk about what it's like living with her haunted doll named Theo. So this is the first time you will be hearing from Christiana on the podcast, but this is not the first time that me and her have recorded together. We actually have two recorded episodes together that you'll hear later this year. We already recorded those, and then this was just a serendipitous event that she also had Theo to share with us and talk about, and you'll hear that explained a little bit in the beginning of the episode. So you'll hear her again in the coming months, and you'll hear me in the beginning of this episode thanking her for coming on again, and that's what I mean by that. So this is your first time hearing her, but it's not the first time that we've talked. Also, Theo makes his voice known and heard in this episode. Be on the lookout for a sound anomaly within this episode. When I was editing, I was like, it it happened when I was editing, I heard it and I was like, what is that? It is like nothing that I have heard before in my editing processes. It's not a regular audio anomaly. It's something else. And I really do think that Theo came through in this episode to say hello. So as you listen, see if you can spot it. It's Pretty obvious, um, but if you can't spot it, I'll tell you at the end of the episode where to find it. So just listen all the way through, and then at the end, I will clip in and and tell you where to find that. Enjoy the episode, and remember, don't be afraid to open your door. Today, we're welcoming Christiana to opening the door. Christiana is a witch, psychic medium, astrologer, and tarot instructor based in Vancouver, Canada. Christiana has been practicing psychic development, tarot, and evolutionary astrology for around 15 years. As a queer, disabled woman, she is committed to a trauma-informed approach in her work. By merging the realms of psychic mediumship and astrology, she is able to use her gifts and support the intuitive development and personal growth of her clients. Find her on Instagram at Earthside Medium or online at earthsidemedium.com. Welcome, Christiana, to Opening the Door again (laughs) (laughs) thank you for opening the door for me again (laughs) I am so so the way this episode people came about is that I had been recording an episode that you will hear in November with Christiana and a friend of hers and I had just I had sort of just mentioned that I was looking for spooky content and then Christiana was like well I have a haunted doll yeah. And I was like, okay, you need to come on the podcast and talk about this. So let's talk about Theo. Yeah, Can let's you tell us a little bit about how Theo came to be in your house. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you were like spooky content and I was like, hold my beer. I <laughs> love <go>. it. <laughs> yes. Um, so Theo uh, has a very interesting story. And I feel like this is kind of like how it goes typically when people end up with like items that are imbued with some sort of spiritual energy, like there's always some sort of like weird um, way that it kind of came to be. So um, a couple years ago, uh, I was running a psychic development circle called Sears Circle. And this was something we did during new and full moons. I was running this with another witch and medium. um, And it was just like a psychic development group. So there was a lot of people in this group who had a lot of interest when it comes to 
ghosts and talking to dead people and like developing our intuition. So that kind of thing was quite normal in this space. One of the uh, original members of the circle, her name is Dallas. She's actually Theo's original owner and she was a part of Sears Circle and several other like programs, workshops that we were running around that time. Dallas and I actually know each other from our childhood, which is really cool. And the woman who I was running this development group with also was a friend of mine that I was really close with when I was in preschool. And we reconnected through our mentors psychic development circle. So there's a lot of like really weird synchronicity surrounding like reconnection to childhood friends um, and how Theo came into my life. So Dallas and I grew up in the same place. We grew up in Walnut Grove, Langley, which is like outside of Vancouver. And we went to different schools for the most part, but we had several mutual friends who kind of helped us cross paths repeatedly throughout our youth. Um, And Dallas and I stayed in touch, and that's how she ended up in this circle. But Dallas and her partner, they were feeling a bit uncomfortable with Theo in their house for several reasons, um, just due to some energetic experiences that they were having at the time. And they had, at the time, a a young child who's very sensitive, so they figured it might be best to rehome Theo, and that's kind of how I ended up with him. Like, long story short, there's, like, more in there that I want to get into eventually. But, like, obviously, the moment someone mentions something haunted to me, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Like, I will take on whatever that is. Like, that sounds great to me. (laughs) That's great. I would love a haunted doll. That sounds great to me. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Well, actually, it's really funny because Dallas had had told me and the other which I was working with about Theo and after some chatting she basically her and her partner were like I can't imagine a better person to take on Theo than Christiana because this is her realm of weirdness (laughs) that's just I love it yeah we'll just drop Theo off at the daycare for a bit perfect so what is what were some of the things that like hinted to Dallas the original owner that Theo was a haunted doll or that there was like a spirit that had been imbued in this doll yeah there's a lot actually it's kind of crazy and I was like re-watching some of our old videos because a lot of the time when we're in the channel and I'm sure as a medium you recognize this we fucking forget everything like it yes. just goes right out the door so I had to kind of like remind myself of some of the the lore behind this because I'm like you know as much as I love Theo and I, I understand him and we are communicating now there's also like things that I'm like oh my god I need to make sure I like share all these details so one of the really crazy things about Theo like I'm going to talk talk to you about his background, but yes, um, there is a lot of synchronicity with him and synchronicities for me are kind of like that breadcrumb trail from spirit. That's to me leading me down the path that I'm supposed to be on. Ooh, so whenever I love I that feel- description, I just want to yeah. interrupt you and say, I absolutely love that description of synchronicity. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, that's fine. I think realistically we should be looking at synchronicities like that because they're meaning making moments that kind of take different energies and combine them to give us direction and hints so I really do think that synchronicities are lining up for a reason um nothing is ever coincidence in my opinion Theo is kind of like an important family heirloom of sorts to and Dallas and her partner um were given Theo by a relative I believe this was the great aunt of her partner but I I could be wrong on that detail But um, apparently he was purchased by this great aunt in Paris and she purchased him at a shop in Paris. 
years ago, I believe in the 90s or like early millennia. So this would be about 20 years ago, maybe a little bit more than 20 years ago. And that's really all we knew about him before he kind of entered Dallas's life was that he was from this great aunt. He had been in storage for a long time. I believe that she had passed from what I remember. And then this doll was likely in storage and then kind of got given to Dallas and her partner through another relative while that storage was being cleared out. Basically, he was gifted to them after sitting in storage, but like they kind of felt like a weird vibe about Theo, like something was like a little bit different. What's really interesting, like this is the synchronicity, is they didn't know anything about this doll. They didn't know his name. They opened the box. His name is Theo. That is the name of their child. Oh, I just got goosebumps. Right? Like, why? Why would he have the same name? as their child it's 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 a creepy detail like I feel like that particularly is crazy but the crazier thing is how much Theo looks like Theo like they are both blonde they both have light eyes they're both very chubby in the face they've got the cute little cheeks Theo's very like like Dallas's son is so cute and he's just got that like very blonde like very like adorable little face and he looks just like the doll. Wow. And so that being like a very creepy synchronicity to me is kind of like, so this aunt from ages ago somehow had this intuition to pick this doll that would end up looking like her like nephew, nephew, nephew way down the line. I just feel like that is very um, intuitive and very mystical and... I personally have been wanting to connect with the spirit of the great aunt, but I don't, I haven't even like asked permission for that um, or consent, but like, I have questions for sure. And so the, the similarities between the Theos were kind of like too creepy (laughs) for, for Dallas, I think. Whoa. Yeah. And I mean, when they first got Theo, Dallas, or sorry, when they first got this Theo, their Theo was very little, like very baby. So those similarities have been starting to come out more and more as Theo has gotten a little bit older. I think Theo's like, I don't know, four now. I don't, I don't know. I'm sorry, Dallas. I don't know how children age. I'm <laughs> not a child person. I am the same way. <laughs> yeah, my child's 57 months now. Like, I don't know how it works. <laughs> Whatever. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I asked my friend what her newborn baby's favorite food was. And she was like, breast milk, you dumbass. <laughs> so like, I, I'm doing my best. So basically there is a lot of like interesting notes in Theo's background and like kind of how he came into Dallas, Dallas's life um, and then kind of how he ended up here. So Dallas told me this story about how she had Theo in the closet of, I believe her son's room, Theo. <laughs> it's a bit confusing with the Theos. Um, so she had Theo in Theo's closet and then she would hear noises. She would get an energy. Theo wouldn't want to go in his room. Like, certain things like that like the vibes were just off this is back when Dallas was living in Abbotsford um Brittany and I were able to drive over there and go and meet with Dallas and see Theo in person and pick him up we brought some divining rods we asked some questions to make sure we had the consent to take him he really wanted to come with us um at the time we were also working on a project called good spirits paranormal where we were doing like a little bit of paranormal investigation stuff and unfortunately because of like my divorce and like my shit hitting the fan like we had to kind of drop that project um and that's kind of why I haven't had a lot of 
energy or time for Theo in the past couple years. But like, this has been so nice because I've been like trying to beg my girlfriend to let me take him out of the box. <laughs> my my partner is, she is a little bit afraid of ghost related things. I think it stems from being um, a Filipino person who is raised Catholic. Like there's a lot of like stigma and a lot of like, we don't fuck with ghosts kind of energy, but she's opening up to like seeing how spirituality and religion are very different and how um, like spirits can actually consent. And Theo's literally a child and it's fine. Let's get into a little bit about what you know about Theo, like Theo's spirit, if we want to describe it that way. So can we talk a little bit about what Theo's background is and like why he attached to this doll and and i'll link this in the show notes for anybody who does want to watch because you use a ouija board to communicate with theo's spirit so can you tell me first a little bit about what you found out from that experience about theo and like how that came to be yeah totally so when we use the ouija board to connect with him we immediately realized that we were speaking to a child um so that is really not common for me like as a medium like I'm sure you know like children's spirits don't often come through because when we pass we connect to our higher selves so when we connect to our higher selves we're usually like a higher octave of us and we're a higher octave of everyone we've ever lived as and we kind of embody all of those archetypes and we are able to kind of switch between them like channels with Theo it's really interesting because he chooses to come through as a child and so often when spirit does that it's for a specific reason so I personally think that with Theo coming through as a child, that is like either an energy in his lifetimes that he didn't get to live out fully, which would make sense, or like there's some sort of purpose for him to be invoking the energy of like childlike wonderment. So I think for for Dallas, I think he is deeply connected to the spirit of her son. Um, her son um, is on the spectrum and mm-hmm. is a very special little human. Like he's very, very tapped in. So I do think that there's some sort of connection to him being like a super sensory, super feeling, very special person. And like, <laughs> like I personally, like as a neurodivergent person myself, like <clears throat> I think most neurodivergent people are very connected to source mm-hmm. and to spirit. Um, So I do think that this doll and his and the spirit that is um, psychometry attached to him, I don't know how to explain. Yeah, um, I think he is here for the other Theo in a big way. And I, I do hope to eventually reunite the Theos when the time is right. I'm not sure exactly when that will be. But I think that Theo is embodying this doll um, largely to break stigma to work with me um I think a big part of what I do is taking divination tools and demystifying them and making Ouija boards accessible and easy and not fear-based because they're just like any other divination tool it's a piece of cardboard the board is not haunted I am like we have to (laughs) own our shit like it's Absolutely. not the board like we are the ones who hold the power it's our spirit it's the connections we have to other spirits so I think he wanted to work with me particularly to I think even to help my partner understand that like the embodiment of spirit within an object is not scary the way he comes through is like literally just a little baby like he's just chilling like it's not terrifying whatsoever like 
when I connect with him and like ask him questions, it's usually something silly that comes through, which is like helpful for my depression. So like, it's, it's nice. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, totally. So let's talk a little bit about that Ouija board experience. I think watching yours, I definitely had like the fear of God put in me about Ouija boards growing up. It was like, never do them. And I do, this is the thing about divination in general. It's like you set the intention to connect with something specific. Like I never suggest that people set like don't set an intention before they divine. Um, you always want to know what you're connecting to and um, because you can get get really funky spirit energy coming through if you don't set that intention. So um, I'll just say that, but can you, I, I found that experience really fascinating when I watched it because obviously like Theo had trouble spelling. Um, that was yeah. one of the big <laughs> things. And so, as I said, I'll link this in the show notes, but how did you, it's like, can you just describe what your feelings were like during that experience and how a little bit more about like how Theo, yeah, felt coming through and connecting? Yeah, absolutely. So during the experience, I really felt the same as I usually do when I'm channeling, which is to try to take like a completely objective stance. Like I try not to involve my own emotion in it because spirit's already communicating through the language of emotion. I'm already feeling all of their emotions. I'm trying to keep that like separate from my person. So I kind of, when, I, when I'm in the channel, I like to think of like my emotional body as separate from the emotional body that I use to communicate with spirit. Um, so that is always something that I do. So I feel like there is a certain level of detachment that I have when I'm in the channel. And that's just to make sure that what I'm bringing through is a accurate and doesn't have bias. Um, and then B not going to affect my mental health later <laughs> as a sensitive person. But I find that when I use Ouija boards, they're a really strong conductor and anchor for spirit. So I find usually the spirits who are a bit more energetic and playful tend to do very well on Ouija boards. However, it can be a little bit scattered and challenging to spell things out. So I usually recommend if you're going to have a Ouija session to try to connect with spirit, have several people in this space to hold the energy, not just one or two, never use it by yourself. That's just going to drain your battery and confuse the fuck out of you. But I do suggest um, having a scribe, having somebody there to either film or write down everything that is happening and to take notes of the what we are saying while we're also getting the words. Because the amount of times in a Ouija session that I've looked back later at the notes and been able to spell things out that I didn't see in the moment, there's a lot that comes through that we're not always completely consciously aware of. So I think that's just like random, like side note of Ouija advice, but I think it's normal when using Ouija boards to like get chills and have like yourself physically adjust to the energy of spirit. I felt when we were connecting with Theo, there was a lot of that. Like he's a very high vibe kind of guy. Like he's very intense and he's got a lot of energy. He's like, I would describe him as like an excited um, and almost annoyingly hyper child. <laughs> So that's the way his energy comes through. And for me, like I'm extremely mellow. I'm extremely grounded. Like I'm very water and earth in my chart. So when I have like fiery air kind of energy come at me super fast, I'm like, holy shit, like I'm going to need you to like, on a not. So I feel like Theo connects in a very intense way, but also a very clairsentient way. So he connects with emotion first. So he really made me feel a lot of emotion surrounding his, his life and his passing. Um, he was 
in his lifetime that he's choosing to reflect to us, which is, you know, sometimes when we channel, we, we get like spirit coming through, giving us evidence of who they were in the lifetime that is most relevant to what they're trying to share with us. In his most recent lifetime, we were able to pull through that it was sometime around World War One, I, I believe. Um, and he was, uh, unfortunately did not survive that. Um, and we believe that he was somewhere in like the UK, his spirit showed us that, you know, he passed during like a bombing. So that's what I recall from that experience. So there was, um, a little bit of intensity there with like receiving that information, but he showed us that, you know, obviously he didn't pass in pain or anything like that. He just, it was very sudden. And that his spirit, for some reason, has attached to this doll. There's a little bit of like an unclear energy as to why this doll. But I think that his spirit is connected to the spirit of Dallas's son in some sort of soul family way. Mm-hmm. And this was the way that he could get into their house, <laughs> I guess. Like, that's kind of the pathway that I'm being shown. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah fascinating okay so outside of the Ouija board communication has Theo communicated or like before you did the Ouija board had Theo communicated with you in any other ways well yes so when we first picked Theo up from Dallas's house before Dallas moved up north so Dallas lives in a different part of British Columbia now like way way up so before that move we we stopped by um this is back when her Theo is just little guy Um, This is two, two and a half years ago. And I brought my divining rods, which are basically, I don't have them at my desk, but they're copper rods that you hold and they cross and uncross to give you messages from spirit. So I brought those. um, We used, I think we might've used some tarot as well. And we just brought a couple divination tools to kind of anchor in and see if we could receive anything. So we did communicate with him a little bit then just mostly to get his consent to take him because I really don't believe in just like picking up a haunted doll without the doll's consent to have it like you buy a haunted doll on ebay and then you get terrorized by it like i'm not surprised um (laughs) because like i don't really believe that like spirits can invoke like negative things but i do believe that their energetic imprints can change the energy of our environment and Mm -hmm. that can cause things to happen that are either unpleasant for us or we don't like but we have the power to change them i believe that like intention is everything um so if you're not intentionally connecting with a haunted doll and you're just buying it because you think it's cool you're doing it wrong and mm. you should talk to a medium <laughs> i'm bossy That's absolutely my- i love yeah. it <laughs> thank you so um so yes and no like there are certain energies that came through before using the board um when we decided to use it he really anchored in um we were able to kind of pull through more but post-board experience, the channel's way more open. So before we did any sort of communication with him, I believe that most of his communication was just with Dallas. And Dallas is in her development stage of mediumship, or at least was when we were um, working together in Sears Circle. So I think that for Dallas, there's a certain level of understanding that she already has, but there might've been a lot of confusion around like what the fuck was happening. And that's kind of why I came into the picture. And so like, we before using the board when we decided to use it he really anchored in um and post board I feel like the channel is totally open like it kind of 
like it's almost like when you make a relationship with a person is like there's a certain level of vulnerability that they'll share with you and there's a certain level of like psychic communication as well like when you know that your friend is just doing poorly and you can tell and you can connect with them there's a certain level of clairsentience which is the act of psychic feeling I'm sure you've talked about it on this podcast probably quite a bit um, because you strike me as a very clairsentient person I think like that clairsentience is one of the first ways that we connected to Theo is like, he's very, very emotions and feelings based. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that might be why he's very particularly connecting with Dallas's son in this lifetime is through the language of feeling because Dallas's son is such a feeler. He's very, 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 very tapped in. I'm so excited to see uh, what Dallas's son ends up doing in this lifetime, because I think he's a very, very special child. So I feel like most of the communication we've had with Theo outside of the board over the last couple of years has been kind of few and far between just because I've mostly had him in storage because my partner is fucking terrified of him. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been like slowly like, hey, can I put him on my altar? Hey, I'm about to do this thing with him. Like, is it okay if I bring him out? So, I mean, you know, my life kind of fell apart over the last couple of years. And like, as I was gluing it back together, my last thought you know, wasn't my first thought wasn't to pull out my haunted doll. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) How do you think does does Theo react to that? I guess? Do you feel like he feels okay with that? Has he communicated with you? Is he comfy in his box? I guess is is my question. He's comfy in his box. Like I've been referring to it as his sarcophagus. (laughs) It's ridiculous. Like, I'm sorry, I'm deep in Egyptian lore. Like I love ancient Egypt. Um, but I, I feel like he gives me little downloads every now and then to like take him out of the box, specifically on full moons. He like loves to rage on a full moon. Like he just wants to get out of the box. So like sometimes when my partner's not here, I hope she doesn't listen to this. I take him out and my dog Pixie loves him. She, like I took him out of the box today and she wagged her tail and she ran right up to him and she gave him kisses. Like she treats him like a little boy. And it's clear that, you know, animals are very tapped in. So I do, I do try to appease Theo every now and then. Um, But it's, it's been hard because like my closets are jam packed full of random shit that I'm still trying to get rid of for my divorce. (laughs) Yeah, it's like a slow, it's a slow process, but I'm actually like so much more inspired to work with Theo now because I've had so much time pass and like, I feel like I'm in a healthier place emotionally and energetically. And also like I've been connecting with Dallas more like we've been connecting playing Animal Crossing and like I just want to talk to her more about about Theo and and yeah. her Theo too. Do you have any are there any creepy stories maybe from when Dallas was Theo's caretaker or from when you have had Theo has Theo made any mischief around the house or or anything like that? Um I believe so. So Theo has a very childlike energy. He's very sweet very respectful and harmonious for the most part. Like he's a very tender little guy. Like if I had to give him an astrological sign that I would associate with him, he's a cancer. Like he's very soft, very sweet, like kind of a mama's boy energy, but like very playful. Like he's very childlike, playful, sweet and tender and soft. But I have like some very strong protection spells on my apartment just based on my trauma and being a Scorpio rising. So I'm very protective of my space and my energy. And 
you know, like, so I don't know if he's been like trying to do certain things, but like, I've got some serious walls up to that, but I have had quite a few things go missing and then reappear when I'm like, I looked there like two seconds ago. Like I've had a lot of like weird little things like that happen. And for me, I feel like the creepy thing about Theo is when I'm sad, he comes through and it's kind of a little bit invasive because <laughs> like, mm. it's a little bit like, you know, the friend who's like, Hey, like I can tell there's something wrong. And you're like, shut up, you know? So it's like, I find that a little bit creepy sometimes, but um, the creepiest thing for me that has ever happened with Theo is actually, we have done several lives with him on Instagram back, back when we were doing Sears circle and good spirit stuff and when we did a couple lives they completely deleted like completely shut off like no recording like we just went live everybody saw it we had multiple people engaging and then as soon as we went to go post it just black screen like phone shut off like not recoverable so there's been a couple times where like I think that for him we didn't ask for his energetic consent to do certain things and then we tried to and then he was like no so I found that really creepy it was like around Halloween when we were doing this shit so I think we were very like we were on the gram trying to do it for the spooky reasons and Theo was like no I'm not a freaking show pony like Mm. you have to treat me right and I feel like that was a little creepy for me because it was like spirit and tech interference is really like a vibe for me Yeah. So that kind of creeped me out a little bit. I had to set some different energetic boundaries and I had to also take into account, am I being respectful of the world of spirit right now? I think this work is equally part helping people heal and helping spirit heal. And that's actually something that Squamish Medium talks about a lot in her podcast and her work. And I can't recommend her enough. Her podcast Spirit School is like, I've been religiously listening to it for years and like Danielle is mother. Like, that's all I have to say. Yeah, a lot of people love that one. I actually haven't listened, but um, yeah, I know a lot of people do really, really love that. I think you would love it. And she's just got such a captivating way of explaining how spirit communicates. And um, she's just very like, she's so real. I love that about her. So how do you, you've mentioned sort of working with Theo now that you feel more in a settled place. So like, what would somebody, how do you, I guess my question is like, how do you work with a haunted object in a way that is like helpful to the both of you? Yeah, absolutely. So I want to talk a little bit about psychometry because that is the study of like psychic objects or working with objects in a psychic way. Psychometry can be done with like photos. It can be done with crystals. It can be done with any item of importance or reverence or remembering like really any sort of thing. So in a lot of my psychic practice with different mentors, I've done psychometry exercises where we like look at an item that somebody else has. that's either from a past loved one, something that has meaning to them. And we receive information from that item. It's a very similar process when we're working with spirits that have kind of embodied an item. There's a lot of controversy in the mediumship world about object reading and about haunted items. So there are certain mediums that don't believe in this. There are certain mediums that only do this. So it really depends. But 
For me, I believe that all items have energy. We all have an auric field and everything that we have in our environment also has an auric field. Those things can be changed slightly based on the genetic or like the actual physical makeup of whatever it is that we're looking at. Like something made of wood like this behind me would have a stronger aura than something that is, you know, perhaps made of plastic that emits EMF. Like I think headphones, that's going to change the aura of that item. That's going to change the energetics of that item. When we're looking at like crystals, we can really feel and see that auric energy. So I think that with haunted items, A, we've got to look at the energy that that item is putting out. How does that feel? How are we tapping into it? And how are we reading that energy? And then there's also the connection to the spirit that is alive within that energy. So it's kind of like mixing psychometry and mediumship when we do work with haunted items. And I mean, haunted is kind of like a funny word because like it's what we would use to describe this doll, but it's almost like embodied. Like it's not necessarily haunted. Like I feel like the word haunted is like spooky, scary ghosts and goblins, haunted house, like Friday the 13th kind of energy. And I feel like the media representations of the way that we communicate with spirit are just so off and so wrong and like so stigmatizing and like they basically push people away from this type of communication and this type of understanding when really it's just as natural to us to speak to um, you know an embodied item just as it would be to a person it's just a different level of communication so I really think checking like our media literacy checking where we source our information and where we've been told certain narratives about working with spirit, these things are actually going to completely shift our own perspectives and make it easier for us to actually do the work of communicating with a haunted item. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. that's like a big answer, but I hope it explains like the different layers of how we're doing this work because it is multifaceted. Mm, For sure. Fantastic answer. Thanks. So how do you, what are some of the things that you do? You've touched on this a little bit throughout our conversation, but what are some of the things that you sort of do to manage living with a haunted doll? And you sort of talked about appeasing Theo a little bit. Is there anything that you sort of do or like kind of need to remember? Like if, if something is feeling funky in the house, you're like, oh yeah, Theo also lives here. Or like, is there, you know, anything like that that you do specially? Yeah, there's been a few times when I've taken him out and I'll put him up on the shelf above my desk and I'll put some crystals next to him to ground him a little bit. Like when I can really feel like he's like hyper, hyper and like wants to communicate something, I'll put all of my black tourmaline around him and like some shungite and I'm like, just tone it the fuck down for a second. I'll come over here when you've thought about your emotions. (laughs) Like I almost have to like just put him somewhere to kind of cool off. I... Also like realistically, he was in my car for a long time, which was a vibe because uh, um, psychics uh, are always in the channel like somehow we have one foot in the channel all the time so we particularly enter the channel when doing meditative activities which could be showering driving doing dishes really anything that gets us into theta state when we're kind of in that meditative space of receiving basically like when when we're communicating with Theo like I feel like he is just as much a part of this household as like my pets. Pixie loves him and she I wouldn't leave them alone together because I feel like she would end up like chewing on his clothes or like doing something weird. And I just don't want to know what that is. Like, I'm just like, I'm not prepared for it. And I've been also 
really treating Theo with a lot of care and respect because he doesn't belong to me. He's Dallas's and he belongs to Dallas's family. And I really do believe that he and his unique synchronicities are here very much for Dallas's son in this lifetime. And I do believe that they will be reunited one day. So it's up to me to take very good care of him until then. So I've just been kind of like hosting him. But when he was in my car, I was constantly receiving downloads. Like when I was driving of like him trying to get through something or like when I'd get road rage, which is all the time because I have my Venus is in Aries. And when something annoys me, my first response is to scream about it. <laughs> so <laughs> um, when I'm in, alone in my car, I um, release all of my internal rage verbally at myself mostly and he didn't like that very much so he was trying to like tone me down a little bit and I was like okay backseat driver like you're gonna get out of my car immediately because like this is my (laughs) this is like where I channel my inner rage this is where I listen to my Alanis Morissette like this is my path Theo like it's like you need to step out so road rage is a love language for me so I had to remove Theo from my car because he was almost too positive (laughs) I don't know. I'm so grumpy. Um, but basically, um, getting him out of my car was actually kind of helpful because I wasn't like constantly receiving information while I'm trying to drive. So we've got to be pretty careful about where we choose to store these items, depending on our own psychic boundaries. I mean, I could obviously set up different boundaries for myself, but I kept him in the car for the longest time because April was a little bit uncomfortable with the idea of him just like being in the closet where we keep our clothes. I mean, he is in a box for the most part, but I don't know. I feel like I want him to be more part of the family and April as she's like learning more about this world through me, which when we first started dating was like really foreign. Mm -hmm. I think she's more comfortable with Theo becoming like a part of the furniture in the house because I really think he would enjoy that. Why do you think spirits attach to physical objects? It's interesting I feel like spirits attach to a physical object because they need an anchor. So it's just kind of like when we're not grounded, we find that it is helpful to support ourselves with something that connects us a little bit more fully to the present moment, to where we're supposed to be right now. And I think that physical objects really do absorb a lot of matter in their auric fields um, from the external environment. Most items like living or not have that aura. So it's kind of like, Spirits will attach easily to items because their energy can kind of sink into it, just like how we absorb the energies from our environments as we go on throughout our days. I do believe that the way that spirit works in this dimensional reality is very complicated, but essentially in quantum physics, we have realities layered on top of each other. And so all of these realities are constantly existing together at all times. Sometimes those realities can come closer together and further away from each other. And so during those moments where they're closer together, I feel like those are the times when we can see sort of manifestations from spirit happening. So this is like an example of like apparitions or items moving energetics happening around so when we go to a haunted space and we hear people going up and down the stairs that's because the realities that existed of people going up and down the stairs for hundreds of years are layered on top of our reality they're very very close sometimes those veils get thinner and sometimes we might actually be able to hear smell see taste feel whatever's going on in those multiple realities so I think like when spirit has 
essentially a home in multiple realities at the same time, it becomes easy for them to leave parts of themselves kind of scattered. I don't know if this makes sense. I love the way you're describing this. I I feel like I just love the way that you understand spirit and energy so, so much. Like it's, it's all making sense. So yeah, I I absolutely love that description. And yeah, it's, it's so interesting to think about, like, this is sort of coming out of the blue just as a question, but do you ever feel like you, like you've mentioned a few times throughout the episode, like you feel like he's really here to do some work, right. And, and do that type of thing. So and I know a lot of people like to sort of help spirit move on. So had you ever thought about trying to help Theo move on or did you ever have it, has it always been like, okay, he's here to do something? Yeah. So uh, when I first started to connect to Theo, one of my first questions that I really had for myself and for him was why are you a little child and not showing yourself as a more mature version of your soul? That is a huge question for me because frankly, I find children pretty annoying. So I'm like, why? Like you had to be a child, like, and you had to come into my house. Like, really? Like, this is a child-free zone. Like, I'm just saying, like my house is not for children. (laughs) There's a lot of shit around here that might not be okay for kids. So um, basically my first question for him was, why are you a little boy? And why not some sort of higher octave of yourself? And my answer that I was given was a very sobering one. And it was, this is the higher octave. Mm. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm a dick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Kids are actually really fucking powerful. So that was a bit sobering for me. And he's also very much here for Dallas's son. So he wants to connect in a way that that will relate to him and to also be the synchronistic mirror of Dallas's son to show us the importance of his spirit and to show us the connection of that spirit. So I think like if he didn't come through looking exactly like Dallas's son with the exact same name, we wouldn't have given him the attention that he needs in this in this lifetime. So everything is for a reason. I really do feel like like there's so much there that has yet to be explored. So I'm very interested in continuing to work with Theo and hopefully continuing to work with Theo with Dallas. Like um, Dallas and I are friends and I hope that we can go deeper with Theo for her, for me, for my own mediumship development, for people who are interested in spirit work, haunted objects, um, the embodiment of spirit in physical objects through psychometry. There's so much here that we could be studying. But I don't know. Does that make sense? Like, I yeah, like absolutely. Why he's chosen yeah. to be a child, partially to annoy me um, and to challenge my stigmas, um, but also to be that, you know, very, very obvious sign that that Dallas and her family are connected to this to this spirit and that he has yeah. something to share with them. Yeah. This has been such a fun conversation. I think we've learned so much. And as I said, I I just absolutely love your perspective on like spirit and energy and the way you've described it in a few different ways has really resonated. And I just love that. Um, So my last question for you here is just if you have any tips for anyone who feels like they have a haunted object in their house. Yeah, absolutely. Please remind me when I'm done answering this. I have a funny story about Theo I want to share before we're done. Yes. Thank you. Um, But yes, absolutely. If you have an object in your house that you feel has some sort of energy in it that is a little bit more complex than what the item is, I would recommend um, sitting with that item, 
obviously in intention, you know, create some intentions of protection, energetic perseverance for yourself, create some intentions. Like what is your motive? Um, if I had Theo come into my life and I was sitting down with him for the first time, my advice would be to, you know, meditate, get into a space where you can be receptive to the energy that is there. Typically, I suggest putting on some meditation music and just sitting in that energy and seeing what comes through. We all receive differently. We all have different um, energetic ways of receiving psychic information. So you might get a sudden download where you just know a bunch of shit, but you don't know how. You might get feelings of emotion, and that's how Theo really likes to communicate. We might get um, like a smell or a taste or a sensation that reminds us of a certain memory. These are all different psychic ways that the, the spirit of that item might be trying to communicate with you. I highly recommend writing down any of the weird synchronicities or weird coincidences that that have aligned with this item because there are stories within there that have meaning. I believe that a huge part of our human incarnation here is um, based in meaning making. I think meaning making is what makes us human. Um, you can look at the way that we have like decorated our bodies, the way that we connect with community, the way that we prepare meals, all of it is based in meaning making. So that's really what we're trying to do with spirit is to create meaning. So I hope that answers that question. Yes. Yes, it does. And I, I really love that. So do you want to share one last or, or any other stories that you have of Theo that you want to share? Yes. So basically Theo told me um, when we were working with him and we were starting to put him on camera and we were sharing photos of him in his little outfit because he's got this little Victorian dress. He's got a little bonnet. He had little booties on, but I took them off because they. he told me to. <laughs> um, but he has this little outfit and it's like very, very dated. And like, we don't really dress boys like this anymore. And I feel like he had like some sort of like weird energy about that. Um, like he wanted to look like other children. And for me, I'm just like, I'm not going to go buy you baby clothes. Like that's not about to happen. However, I was at London Drugs, which is like a shopper's drug mart. I don't know. This is all Canadian stuff. It's like a Walgreens. So I'm basically there to pick up my medication. I'm in line. It's a huge line. I'm like waiting for like 20 minutes. And London Drugs has like everything. They've got like random shit. I'm down the aisle and I see a bunch of baby clothes. So I'm looking through the baby clothes. This lady next to me is like, oh my God, who are you shopping for? How old are they? And I was like, I am quite literally shopping. Like, I don't, I didn't know what to say. Cause I'm not going to be like, yeah, I'm actually looking for clothes for my haunted doll. I'm not about to be like at the drugstore. Like, oh, this, yeah, this is actually for my haunted doll. It's, it's for Theo, my haunted son. <laughs> not for a human baby. Like it was just, yeah. So I had to lie, which was really uncomfortable because I'm a terrible liar. So I was just like, yeah, it's for my friend's baby. And they were like, how old is the baby? And I was just like, four days old <laughs> she was like oh this is gonna be too big for them and I was like yeah you're right and then I ended up having to talk about this fake baby that wasn't even alive or born to this lady in the lineup for my medication for like 20 minutes it was just the most horrendous thing ever so if you are out there shopping for clothes for your haunted doll, put a freaking bag on your head. Just put a mask on. No one will talk to you. Like, just don't let anybody into your circle. Like, it was too much for me. Oh my God, um, that's so funny. Yeah, I left and then I came home and I was like, I'm sorry, Theo. I just don't think I'm going to be able to buy you clothes. Like, it's not going to happen. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Well, I hope he's okay with staying in his uh, 
his little dress oh oh I think he is I think he's like actually kind of embodying it now and it's kind of like Theo like you're unique no one's quite like you and like you're a trendsetter you're a fashionista like this is the most great yeah he's yeah he's serving yeah he Victorian baby he is serving Victorian baby and I did try to take his little bonnet off and even his hair looks like Dallas's son like it's Mm. crazy well, it has been so much fun to get to know Theo and your experience with this whole wide world of haunted objects and psychometry. And just thank you so, so much for coming on again and and sharing your wisdom with everybody. Yeah, you're so welcome. And honestly, if anything that I said resonated, like there's so much more to look into when it comes to psychic work and developing clear senses. And I'm sure you talk about a lot about that here, but the, the intersections of quantum physics and the spirit world are so deeply intertwined. And it's something that I'm constantly studying. So that's helped me infinitely in understanding the connections we have to spirit and how spirit kind of embodies energy in our world based on energetic imprints from other worlds and other realities. So I don't know. I hope that that wasn't like too intense, (laughs) but I I hope it makes sense. Yeah, I love it. It's been amazing. And yeah, me too. I really want to sort of read more about quantum physics and and all that stuff, because, yeah, I think there is some really cool connections to be made there. Um, Yeah, specifically quantum entanglement is like how energy works together. So that might be interesting. Oh, so fascinating. Um, Well, again, thank you so, so much for for being here and, and sharing your stories with us. Thank you so much for having me and my son, my adopted son, Theo, um, on this podcast. Um, you know, both of us are quite misunderstood in the regular world. So it's very nice to have a space where we can share some stories. And, you know, I'm very excited to to keep diving into things with Theo. Maybe we'll have to do like a check-in a year from now and see if we've uncovered anything new. <laughs> yes, I would love that. <laughs> All right. Did you hear Theo pushing his voice through in this episode? If you didn't hear it and you want to go back to try to hear it, you can hear it at, if you go to the 30 minute mark of this episode and listen to the full, like, you know, 30 minute to 31 minute, it happens at about 30 minutes and 46 seconds. So if you want to go back and listen, it's very obvious when you go back and hear it. So, and if you have any thoughts on what you think that he said, let me know and reach out. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you love the podcast and listen on Apple, please be sure to rate and leave a review. If you want more from Opening the Door, follow along on Instagram at Opening the Door Podcast. Have a question about psychic work or psychic development? Email openingthedoorpodcast at gmail.com and you might have your question included in one of our future Q&A episodes.